this uh, as we try to get this to the peak of our ability for you guys. Uh, we're about to start this off. Joining us this week uh, again, our resident fill-in, Mr. Quentin Broadwater, uh, engineer to the stars. We got over here my main man, Charles Sherrod Jr., who is our tech expert and none other than Dr. Rod Singleton, ER physician that helps cure and save the world. Fellas, we're going to jump right into this. Uh, let's start with something uh, near and dear to the heart, uh, Junior Guzman. Uh, in case you guys don't remember, this is the uh, young boy over in uh, the Boogie Down Bronx who was killed uh, in a heinous crime involving some uh, gang members uh, who got the wrong person. Uh, they went into the store, grabbed him, yanked him out the store, stabbed him repeatedly with machetes, ran off. Uh, the video, which is a horrific video, showed uh, Junior um, scrambling, trying to get away. They actually have a new video that just came out that shows Junior jumping over the uh, counter of the store, the store owner's counter, uh, asking to, for him to hide him. The store owner first tries to, you know, fight him off, well, not fight him off, tells him no, but then eventually uh, lets him in. And then fast forward after the uh, the uh, stabbing, you have Junior coming back in, and you hear you see the the, the uh, store owner sh kind of shooing him off. So we fast forward to what's been going on recently. The store owner is saying that, hey, uh, I know this guy, I like this guy. I was actually trying to help him. He was super scared. He wouldn't stay down. They got him, pulled him out. And what you see on the video at the tail end of this is not me shooing him away, saying get away. It's me telling him. Uh, there's a hospital right around the corner, go to the hospital. There's been a lot of backlash though on this because the store owner, uh, population at large has said that they feel, they feel like the store owner uh, showed little uh, to no sensitivity for what was going on and he could have done more in this situation. Could he have done more? Should he have done more? What's your thoughts on that, fellas? Um... I don't know. I guess, I guess it it all depends, right? I think there's a there's something that we like to do. Like we as humans, we always try to we always try to create a story around things that we don't know. Um, everybody has everybody wants to talk about what they would have done and what they think is the right right way to do it in hindsight. But we don't in that moment. Nobody knows what they're gonna do. We saw at least from the video that the man tried to hide him. Um, he called nine one one. Um, he did probably what he thought he could do, and who knows how many times he's seen similar situations, you know, kids fighting, things of that nature, and not knowing what was going on. So you don't know, right? Because because the young man died, everybody's going to say you should have done more, you should have tried to save his life. But in that moment, you know, it's a tragic situation. I think I think a lot of times when tragedy happens, people like to compartmentalize and try to put it away like, if X would if X would have happened, then Y wouldn't have happened, and I can feel safe at night because maybe I can blame this guy. So I think he's probably taking some blame that maybe he shouldn't. Uh, but of course, if you, in hindsight, everybody would have been a hero, right? Everybody's a hero in hindsight, but nobody in the moment, you know, is always going to do the right yeah, thing. Listen, so. sir, I agree with you 100%. This is classic Monday morning quarterbacking. Everyone, everyone likes to, to think that in the moment, like you said, that they would, would would have done something different, but they have hindsight as a luxury. And I don't think, at minimum, we can't condemn this man, you know, take away his livelihood without us knowing exactly what he was thinking at the time. Uh, we don't even have enough evidence or facts at our disposal yet to make a decision that's even intelligent at this point. So I think it's very premature that they did what they did to this guy. Um, and it's as simple as that for me. Yeah. I mean, that, we're talking, I think they said it was up to 15 people that yeah, attacked man. this young man. Yeah. You, you, like, you, you talking how, about a situation, yeah. yeah. How like do you this, know? Guy, this guy come running into your store, you don't know what he's coming in there for, first of all, right? You got to figure the situation out. By the time you figure it out, it's 10, 15 more people in there trying to attack this guy. I mean, what you want him to do? If, if, if he would have helped the guy, stepped in front of him, and he would have got stabbed up and, and died or whatever, then the narrative would have been like, well, he was stupid for jumping in, the, you know what I mean? So it's, it's probably yeah. a no-win situation for this dude. But I think it's unfair, uh, like these two guys already said, man, it's unfair for you to sit and say, oh, I would have done this, or he should have done this, he should have been more compassionate. Yeah. Man, and it's, that was just a uh, that's just a, a terrible situation to be in. Man. Yeah, and when you're dealing with people that have no regard for human life, like, 
What, they ain't have no regard for yours either. Right. <laughs> what you say? Because you stepped in front because you were the owner of the store. They were going to stop. Like, they, they came to, they actually killed somebody. They took somebody's life behind, you know, whatever the, the reason was. I think there was a, a, you know, there was other information about why they went after that young man. But when people have no regard for your life or life around them, man, you have to do, I think he did as much as anybody could do. Yeah. He yeah. called the authorities and tried to get him there and tried to help the, the young man. It's just it's a tragic situation, and I hope um, you know everybody that, that took part is uh, is brought to justice. Yeah. One of one of my best friends in the world commented on the Facebook page saying that we'll never have enough facts. But my my my, my contention isn't that we we don't have we ever have all the facts we need. Is that it's too premature to make a decision right now as to whether this man was you know remission his obligation to protect a, a fellow human being. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know, uh, Quentin, you said something that, uh, about this being unfair to uh, the store owner right now. I want to talk about something else that's also unfair. Um, Jorge Porto Sierra, 50-year-old cat out of Florida, was arrested uh, after being accused of trying to burn several sex offenders. <laughs> I feel Shout out to Jorge This is the most unjust <laughs> Thing that you can ever do To a cat who's trying to burn some folks <laughs> I mean let this man first of all Let him finish what God had for yes. him to do uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, Who am I to stop God's will from happening um, This is an interesting Set of facts though because I mean, This cat goes in there He uh, breaks a uh, window into a motel room uh, just douses uh, the place with uh, some some lighter fluid, carrying a cigarette. He also tried to burn down, uh, I think somebody's car too. I don't know. This guy, this guy has a vendetta. Apparently, he has said, "Hey, I'm out here uh, trying to right the wrongs, cleaning the streets, and cleaning the streets <laughs> for these child molesters." Um, should we <laughs> let let thine will be done? I Amen. mean, I, I felt like this vigilante justice. What's so bad about vigilante justice when it's actually for the right cause? I, I, honestly, in my opinion, I don't think it's anything bad. I mean, I feel like the energy you put out into this world is the energy you're going to receive back. And all Jorge was doing was redistributing that energy. So... <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, for real. I mean, I, I mean, I mean honestly, man, I mean, you, you think about it, man, like... Uh, whether it's my belief or not, but most people say... Child molesters, thieves, or some of the worst people on earth, right? I mean, you can't so, put child molester and thief in the same room. Well, it depends right? on what you're thieving, though, right? It depends what? on who you're asking. Uh, yeah, it depends on who you're asking, man. Stealing, you're still in the draws. Oh, oh man. Come on. I'm just saying. Go on to the yeah, you know. But at, at the end of the day, man, it's like, I feel like a lot of people try things because they, they feel like the consequences of punishment, especially in America, people feel like they can do whatever they want to do. But Jorge is here to tell you that you cannot just walk these streets and do what you want to do. But, but what's funny is, you know, in, in this vigilante thing, because there's there's two sides to, to this double-edged sword. Because on one side you have Jorge, who's thinking he's cleaning up the streets, and then you got George Zimmerman on the other side thinking he's keeping people safe. And he decides, you know what, let me take vigilante justice into my own hands. So, you know, mm. it, it's, it's a slippery slope. Mm. Not an apt comparison. Uh, yeah. It's a slippery slope in terms of giving the leeway yeah. for that yeah. citizen justice. I see what you're trying to say, but I think the comparison yeah. was terrible. Was George Zimmerman... That- Killed the unarmed teenager that, that had not been prosecuted by justice. There was no due process. He, he, he was the judge during executioner. This guy went after guys who have been convicted of sexual offenses in the court of law. You as a you as a juror should be a proponent of due process more so than any of us. And that's the that's that's the issue with vigilante justice. I believe justice. in Hammurabi's code. Hammurabi's oh, code. Man, kind of, on, you know what I'm saying? Knock it off. That's the problem <laughs> with vigilante justice. You, you can't have, and listen, eye for an eye will leave us all blind. Listen, y'all. If y'all out there right now thinking y'all gonna be a vigilante, yeah. look, look, partner, you ain't Luke Cage. You ain't bulletproof. <laughs> you ain't bulletproof. So if you think you're gonna run up on everybody that's convicted of a crime and a crime you didn't like, and think you're gonna put your hands on them or burn them or something like that, the police should probably step in and stop you from doing that before you get yourself put in the situation because Jorge might have got folded up somewhere so you know well, like, I'm they sure probably, somebody would have folded they probably saved yeah. <laughs> they probably saved well, Jorge you probably can't, saved a few you people can't give a lesson but too. you know right <laughs> let Jorge go out and excuse the pun a blaze of glory you know what I'm saying this guy gonna kill at least six oh, of them I know we keeping it light but let's let's look at this from another angle right you know in most states I know at least in South Carolina if you if you kidnap someone by the definition of law, they're a sex offender. If you urinate in public, you're a sex offender. So all sex offenders are not created equal. 
You don't. You can't. You can't assess. That this is there's a hierarchy of evil here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Someone taking their penis out to take a piss is different from somebody who's you know. You know, well, hopefully Jorge was distinguishing though. Right, I don't know. I we don't like know that. I feel like in my heart, that. Jorge went and did his research. Yeah. Yeah. He had his he had his <laughs> Newsweek open, was looking like nah. He I got, feel he like Jorge only sentence. That's what highest. This is exactly what feelings. I say. We we love to make up stories to fill in the blanks. We got not Jorge Batman. Look. Listen, man, <laughs> you can't be running up on people trying to Just, trying to exact your own type of justice on them. Look, That's free, crazy. free Jorge. That's all I'm going to say about this. And uh, it's funny that you start talking about pissing on folks and everything. Because we got, some, uh, we got some other nasty news. At least 40 people are sick after eating contaminated food at a potluck uh, birthday party in East Charlotte this last Saturday. We need Jorge. About, this is why... This is why black people say all the time. Who ate potato salad? Who brought the potato salad? If if, Be- if Becky comes in talking about, hey y'all, I seasoned this chicken, and that chicken looks whiter than snow. And this, <laughs> is, this is why. Try again. This this, <laughs> might, this might be a little bit sexist, but you know most potlucks, you kind of think ladies bring more of the stuff when you have a job. This is why. Every person at a job should get to know the black woman at your job. I'm talking about Bert, she, she gonna tell you what to eat and what she gonna cause she gonna be like, mm-mm, Susan make that. Uh, she gonna wash her hands. Uh, you gonna know. <laughs> yeah, you, gonna, you gonna know. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you as a person who has to deal with maybe ten pot loads per year. I'm gonna tell you, if it didn't come from Walmart shelves, I would not be consuming it. <laughs> I mean man, these days, man, I'm gonna tell you, man, you just do not know. What people doing? Wait, I did you say what the contamination was? But you know, it was it was. I'm sorry, feces. 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 Well, that's right. kind no, of stuff. No, see, see, that's it. journalistic sensationalism. The story they did not they did not make a clear connection that it was feces. The organism was an organism called Shigella, which okay. tends to be. Uh, tend to be found in fe- fecal matter. They never said that there was actual feces ah. in the food. Okay. What, tend- what, what happened was like someone was preparing the food and washed their hands. Feces. If it comes from a doodoo roach. It's doo-doo and a roach. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care what I don't, I don't care. care what you call it. It's a it's a doo-doo bug. Guess what? It's still doo-doo exactly. in my book. So y'all keep that in mind, Say y'all. Doo-doo. Watch them pot looks, man. If it, you don't see it come out the wrapper, man, do an examination yeah. on it. And remember my favorite four words, I don't trust it. No. I don't trust it. There's a, it. There was a certain group of people. I, I don't understand how they do this. Like, you know, when you go out to uh, the restaurants and then you're at the bar and they have a little, little the thing of peanuts and, stuff, and uh, yeah. stuff. Everybody, like, it's like a 50-11 hands all just exactly. grab at it. How, how could you ever think that that's delicious? First of all, I don't want to touch anything because I just saw you go to the bathroom right. and we know there's a certain demographic that doesn't like to wash their hands oh, right after they come out. I'm talking about I, I would I would put a strong 85% <laughs> do not wash their hands after, and we all know who we're talking about and if you don't, it's probably you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just can't do it. No. I, I just don't understand. They, I Absolutely think that that's why the bubonic plague happened, man, because they didn't know how to clean themselves. Exactly. I am not the pot <laughs> You, know, you didn't know that? Because people didn't wash their hands. It took the Moors coming in and telling them, Tell them to, maybe if you washed your ass, you wouldn't, keep on, getting sick. you wouldn't keep getting sick. As soon as they started washing themselves, the bubonic plague left Europe. I might have said too much. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, but anyway, um, it's, just, it's, just, it's just pretty bad. Um, Speaking of, of, of feces, there's some, there's some caca going on in the White House <laughs> right now. Uh, Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee Sanders has has uh, has been has been chosen to be protected by the Secret Service, and your president Donald Trump chose her for this election. Uh, this is after we, we're going to say it's coincidental right now because we don't know the the hundred percent full story. But this is after uh, she went into a restaurant and she was politely told to leave because they didn't agree with uh, her stance and and what she represented. She went on to say that she was attacked, and no one should be attacked like this. And uh, you know, this is this is supposed to be an America where we're all supposed to be living free. She's actually espousing beliefs that we've told her she should be espousing, but only tend to apply when they're actually coming after her. Which, to me, isn't it ironic? Now we're going to tell uh, her, you know what? Let's spend some of these tax dollars on uh, secret service for her. If only we could all be so privileged. Yeah, exactly. Rob, what you got to say? I want to hear what you got to say. 
I mean, this is, this is exactly what we've been dealing with. What, how many instances now we have with black people just minding their business, taking naps in the park, or we're trying to sell water on the curb and constantly getting harassed, telling them where we should be and where we shouldn't be, what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing. But when we speak out on it, uh, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. But now here she is. She finds herself in a similar situation to where she's making, she's somewhere with her pen or whatever, right? Or what was it, a hat or something she was wearing? No, 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 no. I think no, no, this no, is a different person. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we're conflating the argument. Oh, it's just because like, who she you, is, you right? Talking, you, yeah, you're talking about somebody who, who is seen and is viewed as the voice of, of the, the president. She's the, she, she's the voice, she's the proxy of the president. And as much as I hate everything about the way that they're doing things, I think that if I was, if I were on the inside, whether I was in the Obama White House, the Trump White House, the level of discourse that's happening in public today, where people are Thank you, openly attacking each other, you know, verbally, uh, where it could get physical, when you have that job, and people are coming at each other the way they're coming now, I would say better safe than sorry. I would spend the money, and I would say, you know, if if I was in that position, if I was hurt, you don't know what people are gonna do. And you're trying to do your job, and you're doing it to the best of your ability, whether you believe in what Trump is saying and doing or not. Like, it's true that people are confronting each other on both sides, right? So, and, so, and so if people are confronting each other, there's always a chance that it could escalate to something else. And I would, if I was in that position, especially if I was a woman in that position, not knowing what's going to happen, and I got to go about my daily life, yeah, give me some protection if you can give it to me. I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. The problem that I have right now is that this precedent is being set with her at this particular time. Like, yeah. because she is it, it not the first... It could be a move also. She is not the first proxy for a president. And, yeah, and, and she's yeah. not the first proxy for this president. Well, you didn't have Sean Spicer walking around with, with uh, Secret, Secret Service men. And, and, and Spicy was doing the, doing the most just like her. It, you know... Well, we if, and we don't know if so, he if he asked for that. She may have asked for that. They may have vetted it and been and it been granted because we know we know, right now we we do know this. No matter what side of the political you know aisle you fall on, there's gonna be people out there that are threatening your life. Yeah, they did it with Obama. Yeah, they're gonna do it with Trump. Maybe we don't. Maybe some people don't care what happens to those people, but we know that that's something that's out there. Yeah, that's and so we much. also know that it could be a move because. When you went to when uh, this happened, right? She was kicked out of the restaurant. Then uh, Democrats came out and said, "You know what? Don't be civil to people." You know, some people say you should be civil, but some were saying, "Don't be civil to these people. We need to call them out. We need to do this." And if you're Trump, there's that's that could be just another move to say, "Well, they're calling us out and they're saying to attack us, so we need protection." So it could it's two birds with one stone. It may be real. You know, some real threats, but they could be just a good visual representation for his people to say, well, look, we got to give her protection now because they're, you know. So I, I overall agree with you, Chuck. And here's the thing. We're not, I'm not saying that this doesn't, they may not be a secondary political gain from this. Sure. What I'm saying is you can't ignore the fact that we had some very content, like tumultuous political times right now. We are more polarized than we've been in my lifetime I've ever seen. We see all the craziness that's going on. Around. It's not. It's not a stretch of the imagination to, to assume that when you have someone like uh, uh, what's her face, now I'm drawing a blank. When you have people calling for civil disobedience, and you know, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But what I'm saying, it's, it's not a stretch of the imagination that some of these people would take that to violence. So I don't. I don't. I don't think yeah, that this. I mean, is, well, let's not forget somebody threw a shoe at Bushwood. So I mean, these things have always been there, right? But yeah, you know, social media and everything now it makes people more aware of what people are going through when they're out. Uh, and what what could possibly yeah. happen? I'm, to them, I'm right? glad you said that too because there's also that there's a new component, right? There's people who for social media and for the chance to go viral exactly. would love would so love more things. than to be the person to, yeah, just to get a uh, throw something at her, hit her in the face with a pie, something that doesn't quite hurt her, but being like, oh, I I did I this for that, right? Then, so yeah. yeah, man, I I can't. You know, I, I, I hate but, to agree but with anything not, on, not on with the that, side, but, but I, I do agree so. with what you two are saying because, you know, I work for a corporation that when they send us out, people might not like what, say, a company does. Say, like, when the big oil spill with BP or whatever, right? I'm sure there were people who worked for BP when they went to certain areas and they were under scrutiny or under attack by people in the local area who were impacted by it. So I can't sit here and say we shouldn't provide her any type of protection or anything because... 
when I travel, my company does that for me, right? Well, you know, uh, Rod, you brought up somebody uh, that we're going to delve into real quick. That's Maxine Waters. She's a, uh, a California Democrat. Uh, that's, she's a representative. Um, she went on record as, as saying, you know, after the Sarah uh, Sanders issue, saying that, hey, let's continue. If you don't believe in the tactics of the Republican Party, let's continue to do what was just done to her. Let's continue to put some pressure on them, make them feel uncomfortable in their own homes by not allowing them into your restaurants, not allowing them into your businesses. Um, do the things to them that they are ostensibly trying to do to other people, uh, which is keep them from living the quote-unquote American dream. Um, after that, she received backlash. What's interesting is that she received backlash not only from the Republican Party, but from the Democratic Party as well, saying that we don't need this kind of divisive uh, speech and rhetoric going on. Uh, she received numerous death threats. Uh, and then she went back and said, look, uh, if you shoot me, you better shoot straight. If I don't know, if, if I ain't never met Aunt Maxine, I'm telling you, I'm inviting her to the cookout. Yeah, right. Because this is, this, this is black woman on fleek right here. And, and, and to me, what I'm most disgusted about in this in this whole thing is actually the Democratic Party not backing her up and, and saying, you know, and saying, oh, uh, chastising her, you know, we shouldn't go there. We should. We, the Democratic Party is weak right now, man. And I don't think that they have the backbone to really uh, fight against the Republicans the way they should. So you yeah. don't think there's any credible criticism of Maxine Waters' statement? No. So you don't think... So I'll start with my point. My point is I think that we need to define what it means to have civil political discourse and we need to define what we're going to accept as, you know, you know, you know, productive means of, you know, protesting, and et cetera. Because you can't tell me that in this contentious, tumultuous political uh, environment that we're in right now, that that's not a, that cannot act as a dog whistle for someone who takes that, you know, takes that a little bit too far. Like we talked about earlier with the whole um, issue with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. You got to conceive that there might be a possibility that someone on the fringes of, you know, liberal ideology might take that to mean cause harm on someone. She said literally, "I want you to get out of your car, make a form a circle around them, and make them feel unwelcome." You don't think that's a little inflammatory? You don't think that could open up some some violence at all? So, what she asks them to do is not what they end up doing because she can't control what they do after the fact. She has not once said. Uh, 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 to open yourself up to violence. She's not said, ball up your fist and hit somebody. She has said, make their lives uncomfortable in a civil way. She hasn't done what your own president said and with, with, yeah. when, with, at his yeah. own rallies when he told them, knock them out. You know what I'm saying? When, <laughs> when he said, you know, get them out of here. You know, when he condoned violence. So, no. Are she we using Donald Trump well, as a standard? You, you gonna let me for, finish? For civility? Really? You gonna let me finish? No. Come on, man. So, when you ask me the question, is she doing too much? She's absolutely not doing too much. She's actually standing up for what she believes in, in her capacity as a representative in this country. And I can tell you right now, if she represents me, go forth, young lady, and speak the truth. So let me ask you the opposite. Let's take the converse. Let's say this was the Obama administration. Or let's just say, let's say this is the Obama administration. They take up a stance against the uh, like an LGBT issue. Like Let's say for the uh, Marriage Protection Act or something like that. Let's say Republicans who are not in power at the, at the time, they take this, this to be like a clear and present threat to what they feel defines America. Like we feel like, you know, the immigration and the separation of children is to America as we are right now. Let's say that they had the same rallying call to do the same thing to Obama and his acolytes. Would you have the same, would you have the same perception? Would, 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 is it just because that we we agree with the ideology of the left at, at currently no, that no, you're okay has, with this being the language? Do, it oh. has nothing to do with the ideology at, the, at this at this moment. What it has to do with is giving them exactly a taste of what they give to everybody else, which oh. is the fact that Republicans right now are 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 in the mood of separatism, and they're in the mood of divisiveness. So when you give the, what she's doing, in my opinion, is saying let's give them a taste of their own medicine and for, let them see what it feels what like, like to feel so, unincluded. To what is it? So to Brennan's point, I, I do agree with what he's saying. It's like, man, I'm tired of trying to uh, come to an agreement and work with y'all. So you know what? If you don't want us to be a part of your agenda and what you're pushing for, then guess what? We're going to let you go push your agenda over there and we're going to get what, what we're trying to do and and we're going to roll with that. We're going to let you see what 
separateness and that segregation. What it what it really feels like in 2018. We're gonna let you get a taste of it and let you see let you see what it feels like. So you think the average rank and file, liberal or Democrat, is gonna take that with as much nuance as you just presented it with? You think you think that you don't think for any but, you but don't think there's any potential the for anyone it's, it's, to take that? A, but it's the same thing. Does every right one? Does every person on the other side take everything that Trump says and runs completely with it? So we should we should we should recapitulate the the the, the, the no no the, so you're, no you're, we, so we should we, we we should recapitulate the irresponsible behavior of the, of the right but because it, we feel like we don't have any other option. That's what you're saying. No no it's not, no I'm not saying that we should just uh, everything that they do we should do something to counter counter attack it. But at the end of the day, if you believe in something, stand on what you believe on. Stand, stand yeah, on it. Here's my question. So, to what end? What's What's the end in mind from being from taking um, taking discourse and putting it into the realm of uh, putting somebody out of a restaurant or surrounding somebody and making them feel uncomfortable or chanting things at them to drive them out of restaurants, other than to make yourself feel good? What change comes from that? Is it? Do you think that those things energize people enough so that when it's time to vote, they'll actually vote. Because I don't see, I don't see anything other than that makes you feel good in the moment to be like, oh, we kicked them out of here. Now what? They still have the power. They still have the ability to make policies that they've been making that's terrible for us. Like all of, none of those things get us to that end. So I, I think I, I love what she represents. I love that she speaks her mind. I love that she's unafraid and unapologetic. But my question is. What do we get out of being uncivil other than just to feel good? So I think to answer that question, um, what you get is a new new type of discussion. A discussion where it's not just one party right now that gets to, 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 to dictate how people feel. Uh, right now, what you have is the Republican Party making everybody else uncomfortable and having no no reason to have to change their, 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 their ways because there's no empathy involved mm -hmm. in, what they're, in what they're doing. So once you bring in a different course of action, you force them into an emp empathetic uh, type of behavior like, well, well, dang, we don't like the way we're... Somebody, somebody like Maxine, the person who was the catalyst for this, has to come back then. After, after you've iterated a call to action, you have to then piggyback on that and say, hey, you know how you guys were feeling during this whole... Uh, 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 tit for tat situation. That's what we're talking about now. When you talk about this Muslim ban that the Supreme Court has just out now upheld for for uh, the immigrants. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't and, think that's going to work at and, all. Well, it may not work, but it has. But you got to try something different. I think sometimes people. I think sometimes people again. need to feel the pain that they dish out before they understand why. Why is it such a problem for the people on the other side of the line? Yeah, like, I think they, they don't. They don't I, never feel the pain. I think of people. Some of the I think that they people initiate. are people, and if you kick me out of your restaurant, I'm gonna try to kick you out of my country. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, if you if you kick my dog, yeah, it, kill it, your could, cat. it could become like, a people are. Thing, it, it, yeah, you know, that's that's it, not it's and, not gonna get us and, to a level of discord. And Tyrone Haynes makes a good. You know, he he brings up the point. He said, "What change came from sit-ins and getting spit on? This is called calls to action." Are, are totally cat, different. Are cat, well, I think what he's saying is calls to action are catalytic uh, converters for change. And and let's talk about for a second the Supreme Court and what's been what's been going on with the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court just upheld President Trump's ban on uh, travel from several several predominantly Muslim uh, countries, uh, saying that look, the president has the unilateral and autonomous power to uh, safeguard national interest and national uh, security. Um, Justice Sotomayor and Justice Ginsburg, uh, the notorious RGB, went in and went ham on uh, the five to four uh, decision saying that, look, you got to look at this man and what he's talked about, the rhetoric that he spit uh, all the way leading up to this decree. And they said that they ran behind and, and essentially said, we're just going to defer to the presidential power without actually looking at the reasoning behind the presidential power or the reasoning behind the presidential edict that went forward, which is something that we always in law try to argue and say it's not just about the law, it's about the intent behind the law. And in this particular case, uh, the, the minority decision or the, the minority who lost in this said, look, the intent behind this was animus towards uh, immigrants. It was racist and bigoted behavior. And all we did was promulgate the racist and bigoted behavior of the Republicans 
by virtue of Trump, by disallowing these people to come over here because there's no real reason why these there's particular countries... There's no data to support that. Right, should have been out of there. There's, no, there's and, nothing there. And, um, you know, it's interesting because all this... One, it bolsters... I mean, Trump's been, been yelling and screaming from the rafters for the last year saying that I'm right uh, and that all these other uh, appellate courts have it wrong, and then only to have it substantiated by the Supreme Court puts us in a dangerous position. I th yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a, more so a political move than any rhyme or reason behind it. Like, for one, it points out a specific group of people is that, okay, why, why, is, why are we just saying we want to put a Muslim ban on there? I mean, what, what data, what have you seen or researched to say that this needs to occur, first and foremost? And why isn't this... Uh, you know, we we do have attacks. If it, if it's about you know attacks and terrorism, there, there's there's evidence to support that this could come from anywhere in the world. So why why are we specifically targeting this one group? There's a political agenda behind it. He's trying to appease some group of people that that want to push this. So it's it's it's, it's BS, man. This is not controversial. We should spend about two minutes on this. I mean, it's, this, it's, is, it is, this is this is just to what you you spoke about, right? This is just to galvanize his base which I don't really understand why he's even asked to do that. He should be in the business of trying to, you know, proselytize moderates at this point because his base isn't going anywhere. So, you know, we call it what it is. I, I think it might be controversial, though. So, Brennan, tell me, so, as an attorney, forget about the Muslim ban itself. Yeah. At the heart of this case is the question of, does the president have power to unilaterally make a rule that he says is to protect the United States. So it could it could be not just a ban on travel, it could be some other thing, right? So well, I mean, that's, that's something to me, like power in a vacuum where one person... But the Supreme Court, which yeah, is that, supposed to provide a check on the president, upheld the decision. So yeah, that, that, that in itself that tells you me, that he has the power to do so. Yeah, not only, is, not only did they uphold the decision, but they fortified his power, and they fortified his ability to do, um, to, to wreak havoc on immigration status in this country by himself. Yeah, uh, and, and to me, that's where the danger lies because you have put him in a position where um, the presidential powers to, to, to issue mandates, regardless of why, has been fortified. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. Yeah, because, it's a big problem. Because when you, when, you, when you take out the why, you're left with the Japanese concentration camps of yep. the 1950s. Japanese internment. They were not concentration camps. Let's cut the bullshit. You call it what you want, now call let's it what keep I it, want, Let's right? keep it factual. No, there's a difference between an internment and a concentration camp. You leave internment camps. You don't leave concentration camps. There's a big, there's a marked difference. You call it what you want. I mean, let's just, let's just define it. Pull up, my, pull up Webster. We don't have time to do that, but what I will say is that That's I sensational. Stand, That's what I'm talking about. That doesn't help the dialogue. Is, I stand by my words. You stand by you stand your words. You stand by erroneous so, words. <laughs> hey, it is what it is, man. Um... At the end of the day, we have to make sure that we are um, careful about the things that we put out there in terms of how we support who we support. Um, and, and that kind of shows its head in the new justice that's going to have to get picked out of here, man. I don't think you, it, everybody may or may not have heard about this, but uh, Justice uh, Anthony Kennedy has decided that he's going to step down and retire at the end of the summer. Uh, Kennedy, Justice Kennedy is, is what some would consider to be one of the pivotal uh, swing votes in the Supreme Court. You've got nine justices, so that means at any point in time, you, there's always going to be a majority decision made. Uh, he's responsible, uh, and, and people were mad because he was picked as a conservative judge uh, or justice when he came into uh, the Supreme Court. Everybody expected him to be a staunch uh, conservative. Uh, he kind of, and on social issues, He's not as uh, staunchly conservative as others would have liked for him to be, citing as authority the Obergefell decision, which uh, basically guaranteed uh, gays and lesbians the right to marry. On fiscal issues, he's a little bit more on the conservative side. So, uh, you know, he was that swing vote. And now with him leaving, you, you've got a president now who has already promised his people, I'm going to put people in office that uphold the values of the far-right Republican Party which means that we are, for all intents and purposes, in my opinion, going backwards in time with each new pick he gets to pick, going, starting with Gorsuch and going on to this next one. <laughs> Dangerous territory. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah. he, but he's yeah. winning. Yeah. I, and I don't, <laughs> Trump is winning. I don't, right think there's, I don't think there's much to debate other than it's, it's a terrible time. I think there's more to the story because I heard um, there's a lot 
uh, happening with Justice Kennedy's son and links to Russia and, you know, potentially maybe a reason why he's stepping away. Some but that, blackmail, perhaps. There's a different thing. It could but, be. It could be a buyout. At this, at this time, <laughs> yeah. At this time, I mean, you you stuck you stuck with whatever 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 comes whatever right. comes, and that's that's terrible. But it also indicates again how how important voting is, how important it, how important the midterm elections are going to be, um, you know, because these are the things that linger. Like long after Donald Trump is gone, if he puts a justice on the court, that's going to that's going to ride for, for many, many yeah, that's, years. That's 20 or 30 mm -hmm. years worth of yeah. time. I'm about to say, uh, the, uh, an appointment of a Supreme Court justice is like worth maybe Forever. what? <laughs> 10, ele 10, ele 10 presidential elections? Oh, yeah, in my opinion? Easily. So, Depends on the age of the So election. if you have now, what I would say Kennedy, I would define him more so as a centrist. This man, if you, if you scrutinize you know, all of his decisions, this man has swung e each way, uh, d different ways on a lot of key issues. You know, and so him having the chance now to replace him with a bona fide like you say, right -wing. far right-wing uh, judge who's going to be activist on, on the bench is terrifying. Um, and then you have Clarence Thomas who's talking about retirement as well, but you know, you, you know Clarence Thomas is, you know, we, we can't get worse than him. So it really doesn't... Uh, <laughs> we, we, we just need to make sure that all the, the liberal justices become vegans and eat healthy and you know, exercise and, you know... Good old cousin Clarence, boy. We'll, we'll talk about him <laughs> later. But, uh, man, let's, let's talk about some of... I was gonna say let's talk about something a little lighter, um, but it, it, I feel like it'll it'll spring into something light. Uh, let's talk about cultural sensitivity, and, and and what I mean by that is, you know, in, in this day and age, we got uh, we live in a very sensitive world with social media going on, and and we'll start with Terry Crews, man. Terry Crews uh, just recently testified in front of the Senate. Uh, regarding his sexual assault that happened several years ago where uh, there was a producer that in front of his wife at a party grabbed his genitals uh, at least twice um, and at the time he didn't say anything he let it go because he felt like look I'm in an industry where this could ruin my life for even speaking up about it uh, I'm a man uh, which makes it even worse and um, you know, this just isn't the, the appropriate arena in which to make that kind of uh, outcry. Uh, and, and Mr. Cruz has, has for, for a while now, been a champion of the women's Me Too movement and the, uh, the, the discussion on sexual assault as it pertains to both the workplace and, uh, and at large. A lot of, he's getting a lot of... Uh, catching a lot of the flack for, and I, I was actually having a conversation with a, a lady the other day, and she, she just couldn't understand why a man uh, would, 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 would even be concerning himself with this, and like, what kind of dude would even go talk about this as if it's not a reality, and I'm not trying to make this a man issue in terms of, oh, men get it too, but the fact that uh, even for women, you know, men minimize or minimalize the, the effects of sexual assault on women all the time. And to see it play out conversely, it's almost mind-boggling that how could on one side you tell us we are so obtuse as to not understand the plight of sexual harassment in America for women, and then when we have somebody say the same thing, you act like, ah, it's not that, it's not that big of a deal, taking on the managed mannerisms. Man, I, I, I feel like... Terry Crews, the way he responded to this is is very selfless, and the way and the reason I say that is because of this. Terry Crews, everybody know, big dude, former athlete. I'm sure he could have physically handled this situation immediately and and what and, and whatever. But there could have been backlash to that, right? I mean, uh, if you think about it, he goes in, attacks this guy physically or whatever, deals with a situation right there. But what does that do for the future for people coming behind him? What about the people who can't physically really protect themselves in these situations? So I think as a man of his stature, you know, I think he made the right decision in speaking out about it and let them know. Because, man, look at look at all the young boys in Hollywood that's being damaged. So obviously this is something that's been happening. So should we get away forever. from the whole, the whole mantra of man up? I, I think, I think, but I think this is the thing. It's, it's, it's easy <laughs> to ball your fist up. And hit somebody, but what does that really say? No, it ain't. It's a lot of punks out there who can't scrap. It, it is, but I'm saying in Terry Crews' situation, right? <laughs> yeah. If 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 I walk out, if I walk out of this door right now, and somebody say something crazy to me or do, it's easy for me to react in a physical manner, right? 
but to use the processes that are in place sometimes it's looked at as you not being a man or you you know you you're not handling this as an, in a man's like, way like a man who, who calls the police on a woman for for whooping his ass exactly we but all gonna laugh at you <laughs> exactly but at the end of the day the process is put there in place for you to utilize and address situations and then it also prevents himself from getting into some type of legal issue with this guy that calls him in in, in the long run so Quinn, bro i agree with you man and at this at the risk of sounding ridiculous there's no risk. There's no risk. You are. Do your thing. Listen, sometimes I have to I have to be the devil's advocate. Because sometimes y'all get in, in, in sync and then we just, you know, there's no discussion. Don't advocate for good reason. You don't have to. Listen, right? Yo, I get what you guys are saying, but something optically doesn't sit well with me. Because we like to lump everything as if it's just, you know, sexual assault. It's just one monolith and you treat it all the same. When it's not really true. When I look at sexual assault victims and the women who are really have been victimized by this the most, there are lasting ramifications from that, psychologically, financially, you know, you know, emotionally, et cetera, et cetera. You can't tell me someone like Terry Crews, who's now at the vanguard of this Me Too movement now, has the same kind of story as a woman who has been subjected to this kind of behavior and what I would call much more dramatic instances of sexual assault. I'm not saying that he's not right for coming forward, but... I just feel like a woman should have that platform. I don't think that he really substantively changes the narrative that much. He sensationalizes it, but he doesn't really change it. This should be more focused with women, I think, in my opinion. So I got to disagree with you on that because I don't feel like it's, it's a female or male thing. I feel like males probably have been sexually assaulted to the same degree. That's not the argument. That women, well, you, I mean, what you said, I don't you think feel like it's a female's platform, but if it's a female's platform, that's, that's also saying that females uh, experience uh, worse sexual assault situations than men, but I, I don't know if you can you say that. I'm sure that there are men who have experienced sexual assault situations to where they have felt very, very uh, uh, harsh uh, issues from it after it's happened. Right? Agreed. But so that's not. My I point. don't think it's a female or male platform. I just think your, we're not talking about your, an aggregate. We're talking point? about Terry Crews and his story. You got to be very, very strategic and very uh, deliberate when you have someone who is a, a a symbol of a movement, right? His story is not compelling enough to be for him to first to set aside all the women who have been in Hollywood. Even you can take. I don't some, think anybody's doing I, I that. Think, I don't think anybody's doing that. I think, I, I, I think, I think, think he's Congress just, I think talking he's about just, how a man groped his penis, though. Yeah, I mean, but, maybe but you women, know but how, they also really? have. With, well, so let's let's, so, so, let's go back. Is, first thing, first thing is this isn't about man woman. It's Agreed. about power dynamics. Agreed. Exactly. Right. So yeah. it's about power dynamics. It's about whether or not somebody who is in power can do with you as they please, whether you're a man or a woman, whether it be taking you to bed. Groping your genitals, holding you know, holding you up, whatever it is, it's about power dynamics, and I think that's the discussion that's important. So no matter who it is, I, I don't think Terry Crews is taking away from any woman. I think this is this is a movement that has many people, many facets. You're gonna see Terry Crews now with his time. You're gonna see you know you've seen all of the women that stood up, Beverly Johnson when she stood up against Bill Cosby. You see Ashley Judd when she stood up against Harvey Weinstein. So you're gonna see a bunch of people who are well known and known enough to come out. But he is another face. And and the other thing you know I want to say is there's another discussion about being black in white spaces. Because I think there's, if you're not, if you've never been a black man or a large black man around a whole bunch of white people and had to change the entire way you act for the comfort of those people yeah, to keep them from being afraid of you. So the whole thing about Terry Crews, like saying, well, you're a man, you should have done X, Y, Z. Terry Crews never would have worked again in Hollywood if he'd put his hand. That's on not him. my contention, right? Like he's he's lost. From Yo, I know it. I'm, I'm the, I mean, Damon's not <laughs> here, so I'm the biggest. I'm the biggest <laughs> guy in this room. But I have, I, I know. I know firsthand how true. people how people who are not y'all, of yeah. course, well, but I know how people who are not from our culture react to. The but let's size talk. But let's let's talk about man. power dynamics. I feel like you hijacked the discussion, right? We agree. No, 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 on, we agree on that, right? Yeah. Power. It's all about the power dynamic, right? But let's talk about that. Let's not talk about Terry Crews being. The, 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 the symbol of, of sexual assault right now. I don't think that's what people are talking about. Well, I, don't, look, I, don't I, I think the most, important, the most important thing that, that comes from the Terry Crews discussion and Terry Crews actually um, um, being vocal about this is the empathy factor that's not existing right now from, from the male perspective. And I think women's, women want men to understand what they yeah, go through. We, and then what Terry Crews does by, in this platform is he says, look, 
I've experienced too. One, he gives men an outlet to, to be able to come out, like like Quentin said, and say, "Look, I've gone through this too." But not only that, it gives us different perspective of saying, "Well, damn, if it can happen to him, you yeah, know, one of, one of the one of the fellas, it can happen to anybody." Let's actually, because sometimes, sometimes when the people in power are the ones dictating something. You have to give them a reason to want to change it other than hearing the oppressed person talk about it. It's not until somebody actually feels it for themselves that they actually start to take it seriously. Right. So when somebody like a man says, you know what, this happens too, maybe some of these more obtuse men who, yeah. who not, wouldn't have been able to listen to a woman say it start to say, well, we got to well, change the laws. And let's, and let's, somebody let's, be, and let's be clear, not just a man. That man. That man. Terry somebody Cruz, who has... All 6'5", 260 right. pounds. Because you look at a, a different type of man, and unfortunately you look at, let's say it was a gay man. They would, there would be people that say... Somebody would say, ah, you know, they push him to the side. People do the same thing with women. They push them to the side as being weak-minded or maybe it wasn't as bad as they think. But if you're looking at somebody who is a... Uh, for all intents and purposes, a man's man standing up saying, this happened like to me no. too, then, you know... That, that's something that's real. Well, look, uh, we we live in a sensitive world uh, where sensitive people do sensitive things. Uh, people are real sensitive right now about Sierra and Russell, and they're real sensitive about how he had uh, his little stepbaby in the nude with his with his wife, Sierra, um, and everybody's caping for future, saying, "How dare this man!" Uh, be with his stepchild like that. Sometimes I think we just take stuff too far and sensationalize some stuff. I mean, really? goddamn. I mean, can he not just be a daddy to his yeah. stepson and <laughs> live his life? So you don't you don't think that there would be any valid criticism of somebody saying my son? I, I take I take a I take offense to my son being naked in front of another man with his large index finger just proximal to his rectum. Man, you, you don't you don't think that you, you think that he's uh, there's no argument to be made from a man who says this is inappropriate for another grown man to be in the nude in the company of my son. Rob, what happened to you saying that you didn't want to risk of, of sounding ridiculous because you you overcome <laughs> that risk at this point? I, I, this is not. I, I mean, that's the question. At most, this is the question. At most, this is a bad <laughs> picture. Like the, the kind of picture that no one wants to do. Like it's just a bad picture. until it's your son. But it's not. No, it, this, this to me has nothing to do with nudity. It has. I mean, he's a, this is a little boy. It's about what I was born like four or five four, years old. I'm, I, I, I'm almost positive that Russell has seen this little boy naked, washed his Dang, ass for him, yeah. and done all that kind of stuff. So this isn't a matter of nudity. It's just a. It's just a bad picture. No matter if this was the regular daddy being told by regular mama, "Hey, take this photo," I'd be like, eh, "This is a terrible picture right, to be so taken." This, picture, is, this yeah. has nothing to do with him being a stepfather to this child in a nude photo. We sensationalize this stuff too much. Let this so. man take care of his child. He obviously loves the kid. The kid loves him. That is not that does not take away from a father and his love for a child or that child's love yeah. for his biological father. Your argument could be made, but you're you're being so presumptuous as to say that this man has absolutely no cause to be to object to this picture at all. As if to say you can dictate you you have that empathy, you can empathize with this man. Do you have kids? No, so but I don't need I don't but, need kids so to know you, that you, this is a bad picture, and I don't need kids to know you, that at some point you can argue that it's a it's a bad picture. But the the but essence you can't of argue the picture, you worried about the fact that this little the, his his thumb is his finger his index finger is next to his rectum. Who the hell's thinking about that? That was to dramatize the fact that it's inappropriate to have a naked child that that's not my a close relative to my child in the first place. Why is, that, why is that so hard to apprehend? I don't understand. Because How's that controversial? Because you're being sensitive AF. That's why. That's why. There's, at some point, you just got to let a spade be a spade. This is a stepfather with his child, with his mother, well, with his stepchild. Bad, bad let, me, let me tell my baby mama right now. Yo, if I ever see a picture with my son, with another grown man, and he in the nude, it's going to be some furniture moving. You know, she's going to put that shit on Facebook tonight. <laughs> you know what kind of person you're going to move? You're going to move this chair from over here <laughs> to over there. You ain't going to do nothing. That's going to be a situation. You ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> anyway, I, I, so. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you, but I'm not. I'm kind of with you. Here's a bad picture. I would have I been offended and I would have said, yo, it's a, it's a bad look. I don't want to see that again. I probably wouldn't have taken it to the point of thinking that there would be something untoward happening between the child. and the, But you got to protect your kid. And I think, you know, but I think also when you get away from that, it's dudes out there mad when they see the dude taking a picture playing baseball. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, playing like, football let's be, let's be boy, like, like, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's a bunch. Let's, listen, let's, let's, let's keep it 100. It's a bunch of ain't shit dudes out there that ain't really doing nothing for their kids. 
But as soon as some other man step up and actually want to do something yeah. for them, then they want to puff their chest up and act all hard, and you can't take my place. And, all. and, and they, they use their kids as possessions rather than actually caring about the welfare and the health of their kids. And so, let's not act like, <laughs> more than likely, this was Russell. This was not Russell Wilson's decision sure to make idea. this photo. I'm sure he I, didn't I can almost guarantee together. you, Sierra was yeah. like, you know what? I got a great idea yeah. for us. Yeah. And this man had to sit up there and take it, just like every other man, stepfather, regular <laughs> exactly. father, uh, uh, father from around the way, deadbeat dad. They all would have had to sit there and take yeah. that shit and be like, damn, let's take this naked ass photo. Oh, mama's dog, Sierra, tell me to take the picture. I'm taking the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're about to we're about to do something that uh, that that I want to forward warn you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that you might want to change the television screen right Spoiler now. alert. If you don't want to hear about this, they we got about what, eight more minutes time. left, so we're going to try to run through this, and then we're going to try to run through some sports real quick. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. Spoiler we'll alert, we're about to talk about power. So if you haven't watched it, it is now Monday. Mute it, you bugger. Don't turn it off. Mute it. You should have been watching. Power o'clock. Yeah, uh, you should have watched it already watched like it. I did. Yeah. Tariq, Tariq, get it right. Has to die. Nah, I mean, Tariq. I'm not. A, I'm not a, a person who condones child abuse. But somebody needs to beat Tariq until he turns white, and then let him bruise up till he's black again <laughs> <laughs> to get the real blackness out of him. Because he, he is, he is. He is the kind of child that you want to get to the foster system and let them dictate how the rest of his life Just is going. Just bounce him around. Just let him go. I, I will say this. He, you are absolutely right, group. But I would say these writers are doing an uh, excellent job of twisting Phenomenal and turning job. and keeping people on their toes. And I mean, man, when you when you watch Power the next morning, you wake up, man. People are on their lunch breaks. Man, did you see Power? <laughs> man, I mean, they doing a great job, man. So I gotta give give a shout out to them and say it, it, it's craziness what you're seeing, but it's doing exactly what it's intended to do, man. And listen, it's, man, you know, Tariq, we we're a bunch of Hypocrite. We're a bunch of hypocrites. I agree. But we're a bunch of adults talking about now, is Tariq messing up? Yes. But everybody that's out here that love ghosts exactly. and hate Tariq. Same people. I don't get it because that's who <laughs> that's Tariq what he is. From. He is his daddy. He is his father's yeah. child. You know a tree by the fruit it bears. He's a liar, just like his daddy. Yeah. He turned his back on his family, like his daddy. just like, like his, his daddy. daddy. He thought he could handle everything without anybody's help, just like his man, dad. No, that's a great point, like, man. He does everything. He moves head. just like Ghost But does. we can't kill Ghost off the show. Chuck, 100% what you said. You actually stole my fire. But on top of that, I understand why everyone hated Tyreek up until the last episode. But in the last episode, I think some people got the plot twisted a little bit. It wasn't that Tyreek made a mistake when he called Dre. That was a part of the plot. He didn't do anything that wasn't upstanding in the episode. If anything, Tyreek took some stuff on his head. He, he shot the man who killed his sister in the, in the episode, at the last episode of the season. And then the last episode, he was a part of the plot to get Drake. I don't understand why that episode in particular made everybody hate this man even more. Well, because people want to see people want to see Dre dead, right? People want to see, but. With, but my where, thing is, where did Dre get these nuts from? I don't he know. Listen, he went to Walmart. He went to He said, can I get the $2 nuts, please? Uh, here's another thing. People want to see Dre there, but Dre is not the one. Dre was trying to keep that boy away from he that was crew at first. I, yeah, at first. He was trying he to keep them away. So yeah. Dre has done nothing but try. Remember, Dre was yes, pulled into this whole thing because of Kanan, trying to protect his own family. All he's done is make moves just like every other gangster for their own self-interest. So I don't see why people, why, I mean, it's, it's a everybody on that everybody on that show is making chess moves to try to protect themselves and the, and what they love. Ghost is doing it, Angela's doing it, Tasha's right. doing it, Dre is Truth doing be it. Told, Tasha should if Tasha had died from day one, uh this wouldn't even be a show. Because Tasha's ass, she's the first one talking about some No, you can't, you leave. can't get out the game. You can't get out yeah. This man wants to live a good, righteous life. Nah. And and this is this is all Tasha's fault. She wanna opinion. keep her Gucci coming wow, in. in my man. Opinion. Wow. But nah, look, it's ghost's fault. Look, let's let's you talk can't about control uh, this house. real quick because we only got a couple minutes left. That's toxic masculinity, uh, man. LeBron and them, LeBron and them, man. So just the other day, uh, yesterday to be exact, we heard that LeBron just got picked up by the Lakers, or he picked himself up uh, over to the Lakers for 154 million dollars uh, over the next four years. Uh, and throughout today, we have heard that JaVale McGee 
is going over there. We've heard that Lance Stevenson is going over there. And we just we heard Rajon Rondo is going over there. And we just heard about 10 minutes ago that your boy Boogie Down is going over there for 5.3. Wait, wait, wait. He's going to Golden State. State. I'm sorry, going to the Lakers. Golden State. I, I got confused. But, uh, but basically, LeBron has, has, has created this team uh, to, to, uh, to, to try to compete against uh, Golden State in the West. Right now, and we'll talk about Boogie in a second, but right now I think that uh, LeBron, by making the switch over to L.A., has lost his ability to win a championship hmm. at this point. I, I don't see LeBron getting to the finals again. But you're a LeBron hater, though. So I'm not a LeBron hater. Matter of, we've, all, we've, we've had this discussion several times. I think LeBron is one of, if not, the best player to ever walk the courts as an all-around player. Is he the best shooter? No. Is he the best rebounder? No. But he is one of the best athletes to ever uh, grace the game of basketball. And undeniably, his stats dictate that. The only reason that I could, could, could currently put MJ in front of LeBron is for defense. Well, let's stay on topic because we this this this, this, this well, conversation so always we, you you brought this we up. Always you stay on topic. I tried to stay on topic. I just said you brought shit on me. You just made a discursion onto the goat conversation. Uh, yeah. That's the only thing y'all you got. like to throw let's some stuff. Let's go back to your point. Let's go back to your point. I think does he guarantee himself never winning a championship again? No. I think he put himself in the best position to get close again. Because he put himself in a place where we know free agents want to go, right? He's in Los Angeles. That's an attractive city. That's a place where play, people want to play. They want to play for Magic, that organization and everything about it. We know from all the reports that Kawhi Leonard, who is probably the other best free agent out there that's not with the Golden State Warriors, wants to go to L.A. So if, you, if you're LeBron, if you give yourself a shot between, between your, you and a 27-year-old superstar, Put some other pieces around you and say, you know what, I'll take my chances. Because, let's remember, the Rockets with James Harden as a superstar, Chris Paul as the only other superstar on that team, got damn close to beating that, that Golden State Warriors team. So if you're LeBron, other than other than the Lakers, like what other choice would you have made? Maybe Philly, but they may be too young. I don't think he could have got himself in Boston. Too much like I think he, I think he put himself in the best position. He may never, he may never get it again because I think Golden State is just their stat. But I think he puts himself if they can get Kawhi Leonard, and then who knows who else? That's next year. That won't be this year. That, but I, okay, I get that. So. But he's on a four-year contract. So if I can get, if I can get Kawhi Leonard next year, and maybe some other pieces, I think we, I think we can. I think. LeBron says, give me Kawhi, and I'll take my chances with Golden State. So, the problem everyone is making, all the non-believers are making, reflects what Brennan's saying. Y'all are estimating this decision based on the immediacy of winning. It's not about winning this season. It's about putting yourself in position to build the team, putting the pieces around him, so in the long run, within the next four years, he'll have a team that can uh, compete for the championship. And maybe the, war, the Golden State Warriors, they do have some internal issues that they're going to be facing. Klay Thompson, they got to find some way to pay him. They gotta find some way to pay Draymond. They gotta find some way to pay a lot of people. So it's not it's not a foregone conclusion that the Golden State Warriors are gonna to continue to be dominant as they have been over the next period of years. Yeah. And they're about right now. Golden State is Golden State is one ankle sprain away from not being Golden State. No, they're at least three ankles. No, 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 no. Because if Steph if Steph Curry doesn't play like he like Steph played the series that they lost when they came back through when Cleveland came back three to one and it was Steph even though he was on the court and he but he wasn't right. If Steph ain't right, that team ain't right. KD or no? Steph, Steph not being there um, certainly hurts Golden State's bottom line in as much as it becomes harder for them to win a championship. But it certainly doesn't take away their ability or pensions or 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 or, or their the tonality of that team. The tonality of that team dictates that no matter who we have three legitimate players that can carry this team, or well, two and a half legitimate players that can carry this team, because you put Clay on that half, yeah. on that half, on that half. Let me ask you this question: Who you take, Kyrie Irving or Kawhi Leonard? Who you think is the better? Kawhi. player? Oh, I, I take Kawhi all day long. Well, then if if, if if I'm LeBron and I came back from three one with Kyrie, give me Kawhi and Rajon and whoever else I can get. I say. I say we gonna have a. I say the West is gonna be real fun to watch next season. Well, the, the West has always been fun. I think. I think one thing that happened is the East got real boring, all of a sudden. Um, but it, it also op- really, it, 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 it finally East. opened it up for the East over the last seven eight years to say, you know what, somebody other than a LeBron led team can now make it to the finals. No, I, and I, I think, think it's gonna be 76ers at this point. 
Boston Boston's going to have and, something to say about that, but I really think that it's going to be well, 76ers. I think for all the talk about super teams, the NBA, man, is, is you got some great young – Boston has great young talent. Philly has great young talent. Toronto, eh, but they still may be entertaining to watch. You're going to see – I think you're going to see – even though it may be a foregone conclusion of who may end up in the finals, you're going to see a lot of good basketball. Well, can, can we at least agree that the West will not lose a championship for at least the next six, seven years? I don't know. I can't say that with I the don't Celtics. Know, bro. The, with Celtics. The, the emergence of the Celtics, man, you can't say that. Man. Celtics. So well, with I'm, the Celtics land Kawhi Leonard, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. I, I guess, man. But So what do y'all think about then? And, you know, and I made the misstep on Boogie. Uh, but Boogie's now going to be a, uh, a Golden State Warrior. I mean, is it so... At some point, you you talk about one of two things as a, as an NBA player. You either talk about make your money, honey, or you talk about win your championship. And there are two different types of players. There are players who focus on their money, and then there are players who focus on the championships. And sometimes it happens to be at different points of their career where they're focused on one or the other. And I think that at this point, with Boogie taking five point three million, which is at least half of what he could he could have been making somewhere else. He's chasing after that ring. Is that a problem? Do we do we knock him for doing that? Yeah, man. You know, you know I like my big words, man. But I couldn't find a word that could articulate this other than saying that it's a whole ass shit. I don't like Boogie Cousins basically took five point three mil. Rajon Rondo took nine for a year. Boogie Cousins was getting twenty five and twelve and two blocks. We're talking about him being uh, he was an all star. We're talking about this guy being possible MVP before he got hurt. And you're going to a team that just won. The West, the West, won, won the Western Conference and the Finals this preceding year. And you're going to that team, man, I know you're all about ends justifies the means, but, man, look, they got, you got to have some principles out here. You know, what's, you know what trips me out about people that make that argument? All of them is dudes that show up at the park and try to pick the best people to run with so they can stay on the true. court all day. It's not true. Everybody tries to go to the court and be like, yo, you, you don't go and be like, let me get on the scrub team so, you I, ball can like that? Up, so I can get put off the court. You be like, yo, let me go. Oh, yo. Me. Who, who going to run with me? You ball like that? I got video. Everybody run. No, no, let me, let me tell you something. Listen, like Facebook, y'all, y'all tell this man about me. Check this you out. Don't, you don't go, go to the You like to be what, Captain Saber Hole and take up the when we go to the when we go to the court, you ask anybody who's a baller. Once you start running the floor for about three games, and you realize that the ch- that the competition is inferior, you shoot up again so they can be competitive because no one wants to yeah, win to play a game that they know they're going to win. Competitive. Come but on, you now. always try to go and get squads. Tell me you don't. Tell me you don't go and try to get somebody. Initially, to you try to put yourself in the best position to win, but right. when you realize that the competition that there's no parity, you switch up teams. Well, they got competition. Bottom really? Bottom line, <laughs> line is Boogie, Boogie's value is not what it used to be. Let's let's be real about that because Boogie has shown himself oh, to be he he is on the level of D Rose injury. What? Like he is damn near just a cripple walking and playing basketball. This cat plays about thirty percent of the of the NBA season and still is considered one of the greats because when he's actually healthy, he is one of the greats. But his bottom line is I'm going to get you t- uh, twenty points and uh, fifteen rebounds a game for maybe twenty twenty games, but, and then I'm going to bottom out because but, I'm hurt. But look what. But you gotta look at that in this, for Golden State. That's all they need. They they actually set McGee on the bench the entire year, brought him in in the, in the in the finals, and he was very disruptive. So if you could get Boogie Cousins for five million dollars and get twenty games out of him and get a championship out of it, and you better wait till the very end of the season to play him. Right. That, 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 that might be what they that might be what they do. And the game and the it, game it, it has, is. The I game has changed. It used to be. Probably about five years ago, a team with with Boogie Cousins at the center could be a potential yeah, playoff, final, final, yeah. finals, whatever. Game has changed. A big man yeah. is not going to lead you to a finals anymore, except maybe Joel and B. Well, we did promise that we were going to talk about uh, uh, college athletics and, and how it affects black people, but uh, we can't do that because we've run out of time. But I do want to say uh, before we leave, I think my computer uh, went down on me. Uh, I want to say in, in terms of black magic, um, happy birthday to the man, the myth, the legend, the uh, late Justice Thurgood Marshall, who was actually the uh, namesake from my law school, Thurgood Marshall School of Law here at uh, Texas Southern University in Houston, Texas. Um, Thurgood Marshall, he uh, was a justice. He was the first African-American justice uh, to uh, land on the Supreme Court. Uh, he presided he resided in the Supreme Court from 1967 to 1991, uh, ended up dying in 1993, I believe. He was a graduate of Howard Law uh, in the year of our Lord, 1933, born in Baltimore, Maryland. 
uh, went to Howard, founded the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. Uh, one of his, his most um, pivotal quotes to me uh, was, you do what you think is right and let the law catch up. And I think that that, that is something <laughs> that, um, it, it's funny how throwback civil rights uh, 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 lingo is so relevant today. We fought so hard, we collectively fought so hard uh, to to be looked at as equals in this country and to only have it 50 years later be back in the same place and having to do the same thing over again. Uh, he was succeeded by Clarence Thomas. Uh, it was, he, it's, he pales in comparison to his predecessor. But uh, at some point, I'm hoping that we get somebody with the fortitude with the uh, social grace and with the, the mental acumen of Thurgood Marshall back on the bench. We salute you for black magic, uh, uh, Justice Thurgood Marshall. Happy birthday, and to God be the glory for your name. Uh, that's our time, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you've enjoyed us. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to go back into the actual uh, uh, college debate. Uh, please let us know what you want us to talk about. We have uh, discussions ready for you guys, but if there's something that's weighing on your heart, we're ready to take it down. Uh, we've got some arguments in, in, in hand, ready to go. We're building this show out over the next several weeks. You're going to see us really uh, amp things up from the technological standpoint. Uh, we've got the website being built out. Uh, we've, we've got all the social media handles being being created. We're going to be doing blogs. We're going to be doing on-site interviews. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff. Uh, so we're hoping you share this whole platform with whoever you think. If you like what we do, share it out uh, and spread the word because we're coming. We're coming fast, and we're uh, we're, we're about to do the damn thing. So uh, that's our time. <laughs> yes, pause because we can't have a serious moment without some jokes, and that's what this show is all about. Intelligence. That's our time. Thank you for watching.